Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. We are delighted to have you here today. This is kind of a bit of a fireside uh, for us. Uh, Bishop has uh, some really interesting PowerPoint slides here on this fifth Sunday, which is August 14th. Um, I mean, it's a fifth Sunday if you're counting from like July 17th. So, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's a thing. Happy fifth Sunday, everybody. Uh, Bishop will be doing the thing. I'm Elder Jackson. That's Bishop Jensen, blah, 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 something, something, something. Fill the space. Welcome, Bishop. Say you're something. Welcome. Hey, has anybody... Oh, the episode hasn't come out yet, I guess, by the time of this recording. I was just wondering if we've gotten any, like, uh, shitpost uh, podcast episodes to put up from our loyal fans. Yeah, not, um, not yet, because we, not ha- yet. we haven't said anything. But seriously, right. if, if you send us something, we'll actually consider posting it. Yeah, so if you send us a voice recording uh, bearing your testimony, we will post it. Yeah, because we're giving yeah. up. We are, <laughs> we are giving up on any dreams of quality. Do you know what? Okay, I, I got to say something here. Yeah. When we started this podcast, when we first got in touch, mm-hmm. um, and... I, I was, I was thinking like, oh, we could do some like high quality something because, you know, Mormon stories is like John DeLynn sits down with somebody and just like ask them questions for 20 hours and, uh, there's no editing, right? Like nothing is done to it. So I was thinking when we started this show, I was like, you know what, let's do something higher quality. Like let's bring something high quality to the ex-Mormon podcast sphere right Let, let's make this happen mm-hmm. and then we started this podcast and now we're to the point where we're literally just inviting strangers to send us audio recordings and we're going to post those as episodes that's that's like the point that we've gotten to um it has gone completely not as i would expect it uh to but uh, it's been fun and i've i've learned a lot and met some interesting people so I remember, like, there was there were a couple episodes where I forgot my mic or didn't have my mic, so I just mm-hmm. started recording through my the microphone and my headphones, mm-hmm. which is you guys can tell is lower quality. But I noticed that it didn't impact downloads, <laughs> so <laughs> like <laughs> downloads went up as our investment in quality went down. Um, so we're we're hoping to continue that trend. Um, well, I think I think we brought high quality content. It just hasn't been like. I think what people really get out of X Mormon podcasts is kind of like vulnerable and sincere yeah. uh, stories of people or, or sincere thoughts and experiences. Not like RFM still has terrible recording quality and a bunch of uh, yeah. reverb and echo and nobody cares because yeah. his content's so good. So I say that our content is actually quite good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say the, the conversation, the conversation, mm-hmm. the friendship, Although we don't have a friendship outside of this, we we never we never talk. Literally, we we call up and we say ready to record. Bishop says yeah. yep, and then I hit record, and then we record, and then we we say amen, and that's actually the last thing we ever say to each other. Uh, we just you know for the rest of the week. Yeah, for the rest of the week, we just yeah. say amen, and then not even goodbye. I just hit record and hang up. That's all. That. Like I, I stopped recording and I just hang up after that. Uh, yeah. We have we have no friendship, no conversations outside of this. Uh, this is the entire relationship. That, it's just that a you're, po- okay, that okay. You're hearing. So, 
So okay, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the angry ex Mormon, and I I would call it toxic anger and Darth Vader. Yep, and Darth Vader is an ex Mormon. He is. Um, he is. Like actually, I you know what I can't tell you how many times growing up I looked mm-hmm. at the Jedi Council, the High Council, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's like. That's like General the Quorum Conference. of the Twelve. Yeah. Like they have that, you know, they have these magic powers, uh, but they can't see the evil, you know, that's right in front of them. They can't see what's really going on. I didn't believe that part. I just thought they had magic powers and, you know, cool group of old guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Who are really, yeah, really stuck in their ways. And so Anakin Skywalker, who's very ambitious and uh, doesn't, engender all the values of the Jedi order starts, you know, dating a non-member secretly. Um, <laughs> Even worse, he dates, he starts dating like an anti-Mormon cause she's a, she's a politician. <laughs> she's a politician. So she's the opposite of the Jedi, everything he's been told not to trust. And then um, finally has some kind of experience where he decides that Jediism is not true and uh, decides to leave. Yeah. Quite yeah. catastrophically. Um, but the anger is what, you know, he didn't just leave and walk away and say, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. I just want to, you know, live in a suburb somewhere. <laughs> he was kind of, well, they gave him like a greatest generation or chosen generation uh, line, right? Yeah. Like, you are the one, you're the chosen one or whatever, which we're, we all get told that. Yep. And then, uh, and then he finds out that they don't actually really care about him as much as what they've pretended to care about him. Yep. And uh, and so he has this very disassociative experience and he wants to burn the whole thing down. He becomes an angry ex-Mormon. He's in the anger phase, mm-hmm. right? Big time. He he yeah. gets it like, he's in such an anger phase. He like changes his outfits to reflect it. <laughs> uh, he's, he's pretty upset. He becomes like very cold, cutting and sarcastic to everybody he talks to. Don't make you know? me kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Darth Vader, Darth Vader, like the, uh, you know, in the original trilogy, like he's, you know, just condescending, always needs to prove people wrong, always needs to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But his anger and his bitterness really takes over uh, with disastrous kind of results for him. And so I think like anger is natural. Anger is the emotion that makes you leave the church. I think usually it's the one and that's what anger is intended to do. That's what people talk when they talk about healthy anger. It's kind of like, yeah, anger is supposed to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to raise your blood pressure so that you make the changes that you need to make in order to, to save yourself or your family or, or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But hanging on to that anger, letting that anger get out of control becomes toxic. Um, I can think back to when I was, when my testimony was falling apart, I was, I was toxic. (laughs) Like I didn't realize how toxic I was Yeah. until I started looking back. Um, like anger and bitterness had really clouded over all my judgment. Right. And, uh, I was becoming a dark Lord of the Sith, I think. And I, I, I really credit a lot of like and thank a lot of people inside and outside the church who listen to me vent and just be angry um, and were patient with me as I worked through that. There's kind of like this 
I don't know, people, we just label things, work, your workplace is toxic, your parents were toxic, this was toxic, your friends are toxic, and if anything is toxic, you have to, like, cut it off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, like, if you saw somebody who got bit by a snake, and you're like, oh, fuck, he's toxic now, better <laughs> leave him on this side of the road <laughs> instead of letting him, like, detox. Yeah. And and give try and help these people with some anti-venom. Right. Right? Yeah, there's there's not a lot of patience for that. It's like this person's toxic, toxic. They will always be toxic. And I just need to remove myself. I'm not talking about like abuse and act like real harmful situations. It's just like, wow, this person's really self-centered. This person's always complaining. This person's always this. Some people are just going through some tough stuff. And, yeah. and when they do hold on to anger, and bitterness, they do become like Darth Vader, just a little uh destructive a shadow of their former greatness yeah um, and i think they need time to work that out i was reading othello and i know i've been talking about reading more books and exhorting people to read more books and become more educated so i've decided to start doing that so i've been reading othello there's this one line uh, that i found this morning actually iago who's actually the bad guy in the play uh he says how poor are they that have not patience what wound did uh sorry what wound did ever heal but by degrees um, so saying that if you don't have patience, you're a poor person. Um, and every wound heals gradually over time. Yeah. So I know I came into this, I came into ex Mormonism with this expectation of like, I've left the church now. Why is it just not over? Like, why am I not over this? Mm -hmm. But over the last three years, the wounds gotten smaller, right? Well, and I think people listening to this podcast, uh, people who have listened to earlier episodes, uh, whether they've started earlier or later, whatever, but if, if you listen through, you can probably hear uh, the, our like attitude change mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. our perspective change and the way, you know, in, in earlier episodes, probably sounding a lot more bitter and jaded and upset and frustrated and like, these people are so dumb. Like, what are they thinking? We hate their slimy guts. And mm -hmm. then now, like we were talking about, we don't care. <laughs> like literally yeah. we, we've done this whole thing and now we're literally inviting people to shit post on our podcast because <laughs> we're over it. We're like, I mean, obviously we've talked about, there is no anger phase. Things are always mm -hmm. going to rise up and get a rile out of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we like just day to day, you kind of, you, you eventually get to the point where you stop caring, but if you mm -hmm. want to go the Darth Vader route, if you want to put on your, your evil bad guy suit and wear it on your sleeve, you know, like Darth Vader walks into a room and you look at him and you're like, mm -hmm. this is a bad dude. Like <laughs> this guy, this guy. Yeah is toxic <laughs> this guy has problems don't yeah. like even even if you know ex-mormonism and you know that experience of leaving the church that's always going to be part of your identity that's mm -hmm. always going to be a part of my experience i was raised in this high control high demand group and now i've left and this is what the process has looked like for me leaving and that like that is always going to be part of your experience but i don't dress up you know, with like, you know, like I don't ride into a room on a taper just for a joke, right? To, you know, to be like, 
hey, look at me. Oh, why mm-hmm. are you riding on a taper? Uh, what? No, this is a horse. And everybody's <laughs> like, what do you mean it's a horse? Well, you see, in Mormonism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, move on. Like, it doesn't have to be your entire personality, right? Like, that's that's what I think when I see ex-Mormon t-shirts. Admittedly, like I really want, like, a taper horse, like, t-shirt. Right. I think they're cute. But the like the I'm sorry for what I did when I was Mormon t-shirt right on a coffee mug or whatever or just it's like okay like you're putting on the Darth Vader cowl and right and cape yeah just letting everybody know that hey I'm a dark bitter twisted angry ex-Jedi right I'm gonna flash my lightsaber here and 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 force choke you just to show you how pissed off and angry I see look it's a red lightsaber yeah and it's like I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but I just know because I was there, that was me. Like I've told some stories about engaging with missionaries, and I, and it was kind of like I only engage with the ones who are trying to save me. Right. Like, you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side, and we don't need to talk about the church. But if you want to talk about the church, we're going to royal rumble. And now my feeling is like, I don't even want like, that's not a conversation I'm interested in having mm-hmm. ever again. You know yeah. what I mean? I'd just rather not have that conversation with someone who's who's left the church, or sorry, who's still in the church and sincerely trying to reach out to me. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, that was a conversation I was very interested in having. And I'd say it's only been like the last three months where it's like, I'm now like, I don't, even if there's like a real arrogant missionary who wants to show me the error of my ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a fight I'm interested in having. Yeah. Right? So, in thinking about Darth Vader as like the twisted ex-Mormon, of course, Darth Vader ends up redeeming himself. You want to talk about some of the things that kind of lead to Darth Vader coming around and chilling out, you know, becoming an ex-ex-Mormon? Yeah. Uh, and, And kind of where the parallels are. I think, like, I think I brought this up before on the podcast is I think where a lot of anger comes from or bitterness is a lot of insecurity because you've changed your relationship with your family, right? Mm-hmm. And so Darth Vader finds out he has this son and then he comes around because his son says, hey, dad, I know you're this genocidal maniac, but I still love you. Right. Right. And I think if you've got, for me at least, I had a very healing conversation just talking to my dad and saying, dad, I know you're a genocidal where... maniac. <laughs> no, this is the other way. Cause I'm the, I'm the person who's leaving. Oh, I'm the wicked right. one. Right. So I'm That's saying right. to my dad, like, Hey dad, am I okay still? Like, do you still love me the same as what you did? Cause we haven't really talked about this. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk about me not going to church anymore. So am I still your son? Do you still love me? Um, and that was a good conversation for me and my dad to have luck. Like I was lucky because my dad just says, of course, I love you. Of course, I'm proud of you. You're a wonderful son. Um, and he's been wonderful to my kids, even though in, they don't bring up like baptism and all those kinds of weird things. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody's in that situation. But that's where I think a lot of the anger and bitterness comes from. So Darth Vader in the Star Wars story, he comes around because his family shows him they still love him no matter what, I think. Yeah. Right. That's kind of the turning point. When Luke drops his lightsaber, it says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, you know, and that's really what becomes a turning point. Right. Right. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think so. I I think um, it, you know, uh, rolling with this this metaphor. Eventually, you got to throw it overboard. You got to throw mm-hmm. it over the guardrail, even mm-hmm. if it electrocutes you a little bit on the way down. Yeah. Um, and if it helps, picture picture uh, Russell Nelson as Emperor Palpatine. Like right. throw him overboard as as mm-hmm. long as you are uh, holding on to it, you're like you're letting them win. You're still letting them control you. You're still mm-hmm. part of the high demand group. You just don't get any of the privileges. Yeah, right. Like and that that sucks and it drains your life. Mm-hmm. If like if that's what you're all about. I'm not saying that you have to abandon your ex-Mormon community. I mean, we're sitting here on an ex-Mormon podcast, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we have plenty of friends who are also ex-Mormon and we still talk about these experiences, mm-hmm. but like, you have to let it stop controlling you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to let go of those toxic aspects, take off your mask and see the world with your own eyes. <laughs> Like there's a lot of emphasis when you leave the church on all the things that you're dealing with mm-hmm. and it's easy to overlook what everybody else around you is dealing with as a consequence of you leaving the church. Like, have you seen the subreddit called leopards ate my face? No. It's this one where like, uh, they'll take newspaper article headlines and, and quotes or tweets from like Republicans or conservatives typically. And it's like one tweet is them campaigning for something. And then it happens and then it accidentally backfires on them. So it's like one tweet of them advocating for something. And then the next one is them complaining about the thing they advocated for that ended up happening. That's funny. And so I think there's a bit of a leopard's ate my face thing when people leave the church is there's, there's so upset about finding out about polygamy or that the book of Mormon is fake or whatever it is that ends up cracking their shelf that they don't realize how much damage they're going to cause and how much they're going to hurt other people by leaving the church. And then they leave the church and they're like, how can everybody be angry at me? Right. It's like, well, you turn the tables, like you changed the game. You backed out on the plan that the whole family thought you were in on. Yeah. And the more committed you are over the longer, like if you leave the church when you're a teenager, nobody really, they're like, Oh, whatever. He just stopped going. He stopped going. He didn't get the Melchizedek priest. He didn't go on a mission and get married in the temple. Like you go on a mission. Now people expect certain things out of you for life. You get married in the temple. People expect certain things out of you for life. You have kids. People are going to expect things out of you for life and out of those kids and those grandkids and on and on and on. So the amount of damage you do when you leave the church is kind of like proportionate to how long you stayed in. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to change your family relationships. And it's like some people leave and they're like, I didn't think my parents, like, what do you mean? They're mad. How can they be mad about this? Right. Well, I think, I mean, it's not just about having some empathy for the, the other people, but I think it's about empathy for yourself too. Like a lot of, you know, the, I'm sorry for what I said when I was Mormon, you know, stuff, right? There, it, Ex-Mormon guilt is a real thing. And I've had friends, like, ask me, like, how do I get over this? I went and preached this to people. I baptized mm-hmm. people. And, yeah. uh, and so I think it's not just about empathy toward other people, but it's about empathy to yourself too, right? Like, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Darth Vader hated himself. He like that was a huge part of his you know force <laughs> powers. Um, he like he hated himself. Yeah, he, he hated himself because he got into this so that he could save somebody he loved, mm-hmm. and he ended up ruining her life. Right? Like yeah. how many how how many people can relate to that from like the ex Mormon standpoint where it's mm-hmm. like. Hey, I sought out the truth because I thought this would make my life better. And mm-hmm. then I wound up ruining these relationships, right? Or I w- wound up like finding out my life that I was living was a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it sucks. It super sucks. But you got like, you, you have to move at, on at some point. And that's not to say that you can't vent. That's not to say that you can't, you know, talk to other people about it. But just don't don't let the Mormon church control the rest of your life because they've already controlled up to this point. So the lot, yeah, the longer you stay kind of in an anger phase, I think the longer you're still under the, the control of Darth Nelson, <laughs> Darth Nelson. Like yeah. you end up when, when you're angry and you play into the bitter ex Mormon trope and you're, you're part of the, you're still a part of the game. Yeah. And it's kind of, that's what we've been asking ourselves is like, when will it just not be a thing anymore? Um, and I think it's just been enough time. And I think ha- like having some honest conversations with my friends and family who are still in the church, like asking them, how are you dealing with this? I know I, we haven't really talked since I told you I wasn't participating in the church anymore. How are you doing? Like what? how do you feel about that? How, where are you at? We're so busy telling everybody else where we're at. It's like, you don't stop and smell the roses and say like, Hey, this thing that also impacted you, how, how do you feel? Well, and I think if you just foster a generally healthy relationship with these people too, like not, not like actively trying to get them out of that burning building, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have never sent anybody in my family, the CES letter. I've never even Mm -hmm. brought it up with them. Yeah. I have never, I've like, I sent one sibling uh, Mormon stories episode because I listened all the way through. I made sure they were super respectful. And then I thought my sister might be interested in this topic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have to be really aware and really respectful. And when they tell you about like, they're calling at church, they're, you know, listen, don't be like, oh, I can't believe you still go to that thing. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. Because eventually, they're going to tell you about their calling at church and how dumb that thing that the bishop said to them to do with their calling was Mm -hmm. and how frustrated they are with their bishop. And, oh, what do you know? They're realizing, like, this person isn't called of God. You don't don't say that. You just say, oh, man, that is really frustrating that, Mm -hmm. like, that a bishop would say that, right? Uh, Maybe you you can help them. Like, you be... You try and be supportive in their space, and then you become a safe space for them to voice their doubts. That was like what my, that was the greatest thing my wife did for me was she left the church first. And after she told me, like she said, I will pretend to be a Mormon if that's what it takes to keep the marriage together. And then after she told me she was out, she didn't really bring up anything anymore. Mm hmm. You know, as she was working through her own concerns, she'd bring it up. But once she made the choice for herself, she didn't really bring it up with me anymore and gave me my own space and time to just kind of think about all the things that pissed me off. Mm-hmm. 
about the church. And then it just kind of felt, it, it doesn't work like that for everybody, but I'd say that's the greatest, um, that's, that's the greatest gift she gave me. Yeah. And she gave me my own time and space to think about it. I'm sure it was hard for her to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's, so with, I think, here's one thing you start, you, you leave the church, you start drinking alcohol, you start drinking coffee, let's say, and then your Mormon family comes over and there's a lot of posts on the ex Mormon subreddit about this. And it's like, my family's coming to visit. Should I drink or not? Should I hide all the booze? Should I hide the coffee? Um, and then there's a bunch of different responses that are like, you just live your own life. And if they don't like it, then you tell them to go fuck themselves. And yeah, <laughs> you be authentic. And, and then there's the other side that's like, Hey, maybe just do it out of respect for them. And I think kind of the middle ground or the middle way is to, before your parents come over to visit, maybe give them a phone call, depending on how good your relationship is and say, mom, dad, I know you're coming to visit. I need you to know that I enjoy the occasional beer or glass of wine. I drink these things in my house. I have a cup of coffee every morning before I go to work. Do you like any questions or concerns before you come over? Yeah. Yeah. I will have a glass of wine while you're in my house. Yeah. Right. I will have a cup of coffee in my house. Any, are we cool here or anything? And then you give them time to process it. Right. Cause I can't think of anything. You know, as a Mormon, how a Mormon feels in the presence of these substances. Yep. And so to just kind of ambush it on them and be like, Oh, you drove four hours to be here. Tough shit. Watch me, <laughs> watch me crush this case of Budweiser. Like, well, and I think too, um, I, I, I'm mostly on the side of like, you're at my house. Like this is, this is how I live. Right. But also mm -hmm. like, don't rub it in their face. Like, Mm -hmm. be cool like if if you normally have a glass of wine with dinner just mm -hmm. have your glass of wine with dinner and don't be weird about it like don't don't make a big deal uh just but, just like, like it, it's something hard to not make a big deal because you don't because you know that's it's true. this feedback true. loop right of like in your mind you're like they're gonna they're gonna it's think gonna it's a big, big deal, deal for them so it's now a big deal for me so how do i make you know right it, right and I think whenever, whether I've just found in my own life, whenever I'm playing mental chess like that, it's like, no, just talk to the person you need to talk to and yeah. say, Hey, th these are the facts. Yeah. Hang a lantern on it. Right. Like <laughs> let's talk. Hey, this might be weird for you. This might be uncomfortable. This is mm -hmm. how I live my life. And you can also through that. I mean, in the church, they're always talking about like, you know, by their works, right? Like let your light so shine. Well, let your light so shine. Just sh show people, show them like, hey, I have the occasional beer and I am a fine, well-adjusted member of society. Human being. Who I, I can communicate just fine with my family. I love them. They love me. No big deal. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. Um, like, yeah, like cause I, set a good example. For, you know, for the, the other part, like that's... I think showing your growth as a human being by being willing to have kind of like a, a tough conversation is free from emotional clutter is what you could make it. Mm -hmm. And you're giving them the olive branch and you're trying to just work things out as reasonable people. And then 
I've just found as I've tried to be open with my parents that they like you, that's how you build trust with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Is by taking a chance to be a little vulnerable. Yeah. Just kind of lay things out. Yeah. And then you can work through it together. Um, you know, instead of just saying this is the way, try doing that with your wife, you know, about the grocery budget. You know, <laughs> it's not going to work. And so similarly, like with your parents or believing family members, if you just say like, this is the way it's going to be, my house, my rules, <laughs> like, okay, you can do that. But would you talk to any other person who means something to you that way? Right. Like, would you, if it was something else, if it was a work issue, if it was another issue with your friends or your spouse or would you deal with it that way? Like, right. I know there's a personal emotional stake because it's Mormonism and, you, and we all think it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but would you treat other people that way if it had not, if it was an issue that had nothing to do with the church? Right. Yeah. Address it. Just like talk about it. Think of how much better things would have turned out for Anakin if he had like had a few more conversations and a little bit right. better communication. <laughs> 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 Hey, so the, the the chancellor tells me that there's a way for me to save you. I'm pretty sure he's the Sith Lord, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, but th uh, yeah, things could have been could have been different for him if he'd maybe been a little bit. And the Jedi Council too, if they'd just been Anakin. Look, there's this war going on. There's some creepy stuff going on. We're a little concerned. We want to make you a Jedi Master, but we're concerned because you hang out with some shady people, right? Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like communication would solve a lot of problems. And that's like the issue with a lot of like Shakespearean tragedies is like miscommunication. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a communication error somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, communication that's the, like breakdown. that's the setup for uh, tons of comedies. Right. Especially like right. Modern Family. The that's show Modern a, Family, like every episode starts off with some miscommunication. That's probably like the difference between a tragedy and a comedy is like, it's always a miscommunication. It's just, what are the consequences? Right. And that's what makes it, right. that makes it a tragedy, which now it makes sense why Shakespeare only wrote tragedies or comedies. It's like, I only need to tweak one detail here. Yeah. Whether or not everybody dies at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how many, how many jokes I put in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, as an ex-Mormon, Communication is a big thing. I know, like, for me, I come from a really privileged situation. I don't have a bunch of Mormon extended family. Uh, my whole family just, like, doesn't care about things. Right now I'm staying with my vegetarian aunt, but she doesn't care if mm -hmm. I eat meat. And she mm -hmm. doesn't drink coffee, even though she's not Mormon. But her fiancé drinks coffee, and she doesn't care. You know, like, I come from a family that doesn't care, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that just, like is indifferent to yeah. everything, um, which sounds bad when I say it like that, you know, like a family that doesn't care, but it, it works out nicely. So I realize I, I am coming at this from like a fortunate situation. And a lot of people don't have that. And so when we're talking about this toxic ex-Mormon, I think it's important to note like, yeah, sometimes you might actually have to cut family out of your life. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. Like that really sucks. Um, but, um, I think there's also room for you to move on and like still be happy with the life that you're choosing to live. 
like I have a friend who just moved. He left Salt Lake City, and one thing he told me, he like he left the church before he went on. He never went on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's working in Salt Lake, and what he said was he just doesn't talk about the church, right? Um, but he said everybody in Salt Lake is either in the church or out of the church, and it's the only thing everybody talks about. Yep. And that was one of the reasons why he told me he left Salt Lake was he just can't he can't stand the Mormons and the ex Mormons. Right. Right. Yeah. He, you know, and and he's like, you can always tell when somebody leaves the church because all of a sudden they're like. Sporting a man bun and talking about how much they drank on the weekend. <laughs> they make and sure everybody like, knows I'm not yeah. Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Which I imagine if you're in the Utah bubble, like it might be when it's in your face all the time, you might feel differently than what we felt. Just kind of. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Like whenever I visit the U S I think my Canadian accent gets thicker because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm American. Yeah. Right. And so whenever I'm not in Canada, I'm more Canadian because I don't want to be mistaken for something I'm not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if if I went to Utah, which I have, like I'm fine to be like, oh, I, I'm not Mormon. Like, don't, you know, don't mistake me for one of you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I get that. Like I, mm-hmm. I do get the the. uh the intention to kind of be like, whoa, whoa, like, don't confuse me with this group. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's nice to live somewhere where uh, it would be weird to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you have any other thoughts there, Elder Jackson? I think we're getting preachier as time goes on. We are getting preachier because I think we're getting yeah. more frustrated. <laughs> um we're we're becoming the jaded xx mormon x mormons yeah um yeah but it it's a journey for everybody um i hope you have a gr- good day um i don't know eat some tic tacs or something like those are a nice little treat are those a treat are, they feel like candy more than mints um, if they're the orange ones the orange ones are definitely yeah. just candy yeah uh love them love them to bits my mom always had so many Tic Tacs in the van. We drove this big purple Astro van. She always just like had a ton of Tic Tacs. And I remember just like every time she'd like shake the box and get one for herself, I'd ask for some and I'd always take two at a time because uh, I'm, a, I'm a pig. Um, wrap it up here. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So <laughs> Darth Vader uh, is an ex-Mormon. He's an angry yeah. ex-Mormon. He's going through some yeah. stuff, but he's redeemed at the end. Uh, yeah. Don't wait till you're dead to throw Russell Nelson out of your life. Um, and, he doesn't belong there. You you don't need him. Um, yeah. And it, you want to want to bear your testimony, Bishop? Nope. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess uh, we we say these things in the name of Anakin Skywalker, who who is Darth Vader, even the Dark Lord of the Sith, who hath been redeemed. Amen. Amen. <laughs>